0: hey there this is mike and you're listening to feeling twisty i'm really glad you're here this episode is a little different it's kind of an origin story for feeling twisty This spans a couple of years, beginning in the weeks following the day I stepped out of the wheelchair for good, which was only a few weeks after finding Neville on YouTube. I think I've mentioned before how I came up with the name Feeling Twisty. Back when I was sick, I had grown tired of everyone asking me every day, How you feeling, Mike? How you feeling? Come on, man. I was contorted and twisted and rolling around in a wheelchair. How do you think I'm feeling? (laughs) So my answer, which wasn't meant to be nice, I was being kind of snippy when I said it, was I'm feeling twisty today. I even had a blog called Feeling Twisty, and it was all about how awful my disease was. All of my posts were so sad and full of self-pity. and Oh, look at me. Look how bad my life is. Oh. (laughs) Well, feeling twisty has taken on a whole new meaning for me now. I don't think I've ever talked about how the podcast came about. In those weeks and months after the healing, I was invited to speak at churches, local churches and out-of-state churches, but I wanted to do more than just talk at churches. From the day of the healing, I had this burning desire to tell my story, to tell anyone who would listen about the power of imagination and how the impossible is only that if you assume it is. So if a church invited me, hell, I went. (laughs) The last time, the last church event I went to was at a men's meeting, a crawfish dinner for men of the Catholic church. And I was standing up there in front of them as they ate their crawfish and talking about what had happened to me when I said, you don't have to be Catholic to use this power. (laughs) All the eating stopped. The room got very quiet. I think I heard somebody gasp. Well, I never was invited back to that group. So during this time, I had begun writing notes, preparing to write a book about my experiences. Everyone writes a book, right? I mean, come on. Even the kid who went to heaven and came back got a book and a movie, I think. But Jesus, that was torture. Running around my in my mind were all the reasons why I can't write a book. What do I know about writing and book writing and selling my book? All of the, the things that I thought were opposing me kept running around in my mind. I mean, the longest thing I'd ever written outside of college papers were scripts for newscasts. So months and months passed with no progress on the book. No progress on anything, really. And when anyone asked me, what do you do, Mike? I would stammer and um and uh, trying to think of something. And I would say, I talk about the power of imagination. And then then they would ask, oh really, how do you do that? <laughs> And then I would give them more ums and uhs. I didn't really have a clear idea of what I wanted. And so I sounded confused. One night I had a dream. I was standing in the middle of a huge store. It reminded me of a Books a Million or a Barnes and Noble bookstore. There weren't books on the shelves, but every shelf was full of little cylindrical devices and in the dream I knew them to be mp3 players I was looking at a display with a few dozen of them arranged on it and the only other person in the store was a man next to me so I pointed to one of the little players on that display and I said to the man this is my story and then I woke up I didn't understand that I was confused so I wanted to go back into the dream and find out more I fell back asleep and re entered the dream. The same man was still looking at the display, but now the store was filled with people. I turned to the man and said, You know, this isn't the only one that's mine. These are all my stories. And I swept my hand around the whole store, indicating that everything on every shelf is my story. I was a little confused by the dream. I thought, why am I not dreaming of books? Why am I dreaming of audio devices, MP3 players? I'm supposed to be writing a book. (laughs) Well, I really wasn't writing a book. I was frolicking around the idea of maybe one day writing a book. One day. And this wasn't the universe talking to me in that dream. That was me. That was self talking to self. So that morning, I took a few minutes to just sit with that discomfort I was feeling after that dream. And I thought about what I really want in this case. What do I really want? It was sharing my experiences about what Neville talks about and how I apply what Neville talks about in my own way. I wanted to be different and talk about it coming from my own experiences. So sitting there, I thought about what state do I want to build? Author, mm, not right now. <laughs> Coach, no. Teacher, nah. Storyteller, ah, yeah. Storyteller feels good. When that dream was exactly, I don't remember. I had it written down in my uh, one of my journals but some of the journals were lost in the hurricanes this year. But I do know it was just a few days before a particular live call hosted by 2020. If you've ever been on one of those calls, you know how much fun they are. The evening of the call, I signed in, notebook and pen in hand, ready to get some gold. I said hi to 20 and Victoria and the few others who were already on the call And that's when Twenty tossed it to me. He told me to go ahead and get things started. (laughs) What? The intro was mine. Those first few minutes, the meet and greet portion of the call was mine to lead. Oh my God, what a shock that was. It, It was like a jolt of electricity. I had no idea he was planning to do that. Man, it was fun. I was so excited. I wrote a note on my pad. I'm hosting the call right now, and I held it up so Kim could see it. That night, during the call, something ignited in me. And throughout the call, I kept thinking, ah, this is it. This is it. I was on the radio for years, but after seven years of being sick and not using my voice. I had pretty much forgotten that part of my life. I never thought I would go back to a public speaking or being on a microphone in any way. I had never even considered doing anything like that again. But my time on the microphone as a reporter back then prepared me for what I'm doing now. And that night on the call with 20 and Victoria and folks from all over the world, I knew what I wanted to do, get back on the mic, but not as a reporter. That night after the call, I refined my state of storyteller. I did something similar to what I did decades before when I wanted to get into radio. I put myself in front of a microphone, opening up my podcast, feeling the satisfaction of recording yet another great episode and the thrill of knowing people around the world are getting something wonderful from each episode. I put all of that in my scene, not a bunch of details, just the feeling that I just described to you. The scene was simple. I was sitting in front of a, micro- sitting in front of a microphone and a computer with my recording software open, and I could see the waveform moving across the screen as I talked. And all I said was, hey, this is Mike. Thanks for listening. The little scene took a couple of seconds, but the feeling didn't stop. The state remained. I knew what I was doing now. Now that I was crystal clear on what I wanted and really felt the reality of my imaginal act, things picked up. Not long after that, I was invited to be on a radio reunion broadcast. The local university radio station was uh, doing a day of reunions of popular shows from the past. And I was asked to join my friends Gary and Heather on that day's morning show, reuniting our team from a decade before. I hadn't thought of being on the radio and hadn't really heard from anyone from my radio days in years. But here was an invitation, out of the seeming nowhere, <laughs> to get back on the radio. It was fun, but it wasn't the fulfillment of my desire, just part of the beautiful bridge of incidents. I didn't think of it that way though. I seldom uh, think of an event like that. When something happens, I don't start thinking, oh, here's something that must be part of the bridge. No, I assume I am already on the bridge of incidents as soon as I imagine myself into a state. If I find myself wondering if something is or isn't part of the bridge, well, that's a clear signal to me that I am not in the state of my wish fulfilled. Now, during that reunion show, there was a man listening. He mentioned my name to a host of a local podcast, Find the Good News with Oren Parker. And Oren invited me on his show. Several weeks later, after the reunion show, I was his guest, talking about the healing and all things Neville. And you know what? He was the perfect person for me. He gave me all kinds of tips on creating my podcast. He was a treasure trove of information for me. And it all came together perfectly. A month later, after I was a guest on his show, Feeling Twisty was on the air. It was born at the end of July, 2019. It was conceived immediately following the call with 2020, And that call, by the way, is part of the amazing series. If you ever get a chance to listen to them, do it. It didn't have to take a couple of years. It only took that long because I was meandering around my desire without really occupying the state. I hadn't even clearly defined my desire. I was just thinking, yeah, I just want to share my story somehow, whatever. I really thought that at Sometimes I even told Kim, you know, I don't I don't care how I do it. I just want to be able to just share my story. Well, I found myself sharing my story at grocery stores and gas stations and different places like that <laughs> all the time. Because I wasn't clear on what I really wanted to do. I was wishy washy and timid, and I kept getting wishy washy and timid results. It wasn't until I knew exactly what I wanted and felt the reality of that state that things came together in a really cool way. I'm excited I got to give you the origin story for feeling twisty, but what I want you to get out of this is how simple it is. Yeah, it was difficult for me at first, but that's because I was muddying things up, not clear on what I really wanted. But once I got clear on what I wanted, moved into that state and lived as though it were already true, things came together in a marvelous way. And I do that for every desire. I get clear on what I want. And I feel the reality of that wish already fulfilled, already true. I didn't spend days and nights back then repeating affirmations. I am a successful storyteller. I'm a successful podcaster. I am bringing in Thousands of dollars. I am increasing my listeners exponentially daily. I didn't concern myself with pendulums or the vortex. No, I'm not picking on anyone. I've been down that road and I love you. I'm saying this in love. I want you to see how you can drop all of these things outside of you. These secondary causes. And feel the feeling of your wish fulfilled. Assume it's done and live in the end. I want you to really get it, how powerful you really are. You, you, the one listening to me, are the operant power. Not your mother-in-law, not your spouse, or your a-hole ex-boyfriend, or your boss, or the government. Nothing other than you no one outside of you can suck your energy or make you fail. Not even a doctor's diagnosis or a dim prognosis. Nothing and no one outside of yourself. If you listen to just the last several episodes, beginning with number 159, Time to Lose Some Weight, and do what I'm talking about in those episodes, you will experience some huge wonderful, kick-ass changes in your life. And when you do, I want you to let me know about it. I want to hear your stories so I can share them on upcoming podcasts. Your stories that, and that I share with others help others listening. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.